Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time to take a look at uh, headlines investors will be paying attention to today. And it looks like one headline out of a TV show, uh, a news uh, TV show where the U.S. president was on, is going to take center stage. It looks like this is going to be the focus of the day. U.S. President Joe Biden... Declaring, isn't it declaring that the pandemic so, yeah. is over? So this was in the <laughs> 60 Minutes interview that he did with um, CBS. And this was over the weekend at the Detroit Auto Show. And he says the COVID-19 pandemic is a thing of the past. You know what? You hear it for yourself to believe it. First Detroit Auto Show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. So it's interesting because these declarations of pandemic, endemic, are usually done by WHOs. Uh, the WHO because they are the experts, the doctors and scientists, right? And if you listen to the language and the manner with which uh, the president, uh, the U.S. president rather, says the pandemic is over, it's it's almost as if he's, he's yeah, yeah, it's, it's done. I mean, the, the problem's still there, but it's done. Yeah, at this point, I'm still trying to grapple with it. How seriously do I take his words? Because like you pointed out, the WHO normally is the one that declares it. And I'm looking out to see what other health experts are saying but if you go by the definitions at least by the National Institutes of Health it defines the term pandemic as an epidemic of disease or other health condition that occurs over a widespread area and usually affects a sizable part of the population Mm. and if you look at the WHO they did indeed say last week that the end of the pandemic is in sight but they didn't say it's over yet yeah (sighs) Gosh, it's, it's so it's, it's like you said, are we really in the clear? And I think the general population would be looking at, you know, when the WHO declares mm. it. Uh, but governments have been easing up on a, a lot of, um, how should I say, safe management mm. measures, even our own government included. Uh, none have actually stepped forward to declare the pandemic over like uh, Joe yeah, Biden Yeah, that's has. a very good point. And we've been hearing how Japan has been easing up. Bhutan this Friday is going to reopen to yeah. foreign visitors. Yeah. So let's take a look at the numbers. If you look at the data from the John Hopkins University, the seven-day average of deaths currently stands at over 400, with more than 3,000 dead in the past week. So it's still quite a high number, um, but not as high as back in January last year, when we had more than 23,000 people reported dead. And this is over a single week-long span. So this is pretty much reflective of how other countries also saw their peaks in January. So it is now starting to ease up, and we've seen how many countries are starting to try to transition away from those tough measures. Yeah, and, and, and as you mentioned, there's still those deaths happening in the United States. Their infectious disease expert, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, has has he responded or reacted in any way to what uh, President Biden said? So it really looks like who you ask is the pandemic <laughs> over. And according to Anthony Fauci, he says, no, although we are much better off than we were months ago, we still have a lot 
of work to do. And mm. even though the numbers are down when it comes to deaths, he is still not comfortable with 400 deaths per day. So yeah. he thinks there's still some way to go. Uh, and it's interesting that this statement is made when you consider how the United States hasn't exactly had the... Well, they started strong, but they haven't exactly had maximum coverage as far as vaccination efforts are concerned, unlike you know areas like mm. Singapore, for example. Yeah, so this is going to be very interesting to see how this plays out because in the backdrop, you have the White House trying to push for additional funding and also measures to get more vaccines underway and to encourage more U.S. citizens to get the vaccines. So when the U.S. president says, hey, it's over, it really undercuts his agenda that, hey, maybe you don't actually need the funding. So when the White House and his administration goes into Congress asking for more money, the Republicans are likely to push it back to say, hey, you already say it's over, so why do you still need more help? And that means that uh, you will see vaccine supplies uh, or suppliers, manufacturers going, uh, do we continue to make or not? And those that have bought up during the pandemic, right, uh, mm. everyone that rushed to the pharma industry and invested in the pharma industry, some did pretty well, are going to go, um, do I continue to invest here? Yeah, so watch <laughs> this space to see if he is going to... Add on any further comments yeah. <laughs> with the reactions that he is now digesting himself. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, speaking of which, uh, he was at the Detroit um, auto mm. show, uh, President Biden. On the autos front, there's an issue with regard to Ford as this morning it warned investors. So they're basically pushing back deliveries of these these uh, these trucks and SUVs yeah. to the fourth quarter when it was supposed to be in the third quarter. And all this is down to supply chain costs. Yeah, Essentially, it is warning investors that they will see an additional 1 billion US dollars in supply chain costs during the third quarter. So shortages of parts is going to affect roughly 40,000 to 45,000 vehicles, mainly the high margin trucks and SUVs. They have not been able to deliver those um, vehicles to dealers. Um, but I think the takeaway here is it's another automaker recently heard from General Motors in July that it would also face supply chain issues. Mm. It would cost more. And I think the takeaway here is Inflation, in this case, is being driven by supply chain problems. So when you talk about rate hikes that we are going to be getting from the Fed and other central banks, it is targeting demand, just curbing people in terms of demand and cutting mm, their yeah. consumer spending patterns. But here you've got inflation being driven by supply chain issues. So it's another, I guess, point of debate here. How much will interest rate hikes do in curbing inflation if you still have supply chain issues. So yeah. that's going to be a big question. Yeah. Just very quickly, uh, next week you're not going to be around. You're on holiday, but it's going to be a very busy week because we've got the Formula One Singapore Grand Prix, the night race here in Singapore. We're seeing front pages of Business Times. Hotel rates are going up, but that's not the only huge event that's happening. Yeah, so it's back finally after three years. It's a bit of a car theme going on today. <laughs> uh, so it is also seeing daily rates for hotels going up. For example, Park Royal Collection, Marina Bay, over $21,000 for a room. I'm not sure who is paying for that. Mandarin Oriental, nearly $2,000 a night. So it also comes with other events, I can point it out, coming into Singapore. Forbes Conference, Milken Asia Summit, and Jewelry and Jambo Singapore. So a lot of events happening next week. Suddenly, I feel like just hiding at home, you know. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. 
Available on Google Play or the App Store.